0: From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live.
1: Focused on the facts. Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program and welcome to December 14th, Thursday. Already. What is that? Uh, 11, 11 days until Christmas. Are you ready yet? The decorations have to be up. The get togethers with friends and neighbours, that's begun, no doubt. And uh, the shops are heaving with people. I keep completely and utterly away from those areas. I get into a shopping centre and start to get a full body rash. So uh, it's worse at Christmas time. Um, I hope you're enjoying this time of the year, nonetheless, Um, and I'm doing it sober this year, and I've got to say a little bit of clarity goes a long way. In this edition, transgender identity theory, gone nuts. I'm going to tell you about the classroom of kids who were failed because they didn't answer a test using the new woke definitions of how men are not really men, and how men can actually fall pregnant as well. Is there a single case of that in the world? Well, according to this school quiz, there is, you heard right, totally and utterly nuts. But if it wasn't for a parent that blew the whistle and told Fox News in Seattle, if that didn't happen, this would continue day by day. This would be part of that school's curriculum. And how many other schools and children are going through the same kind of disinformation. There's your classic definition of disinformation. I'll get a comment on this gender madness today from the creator of Giggle, Sally Grover, who's also a women's rights activist in Australia. We'll also get an update on her watershed court case, Giggle versus Tickle. Um, And what about some of the health authorities around the world right now, finally waking up, showing a degree of common sense, warning people that affirming transition for young children is dangerous, that the puberty blockers are more dangerous than what we thought they were and stop. Um, This is the kind of stuff that should have been going on about three, four years ago, right around the world, but at least it's happening. And we'll talk to Sally about that. My special guest today will have plenty to say about the final resolution coming out of COP. 28 in dubai they wanted the holy grail of phasing out fossil fuels by a particular date they didn't get a particular date and they didn't get the word word phasing um i'll tell you what they got because i'm catching up today with former green priest co-founder dr patrick moore who i think will be perfect to speak with now that dubai has shut down We'll discuss the idiocy of the last resolution at COP28 and how most governments have no plan for transition. That's what they've decided to do, transition from fossil fuels, from fossil fuels. So what does that mean? I would have thought gas was the best way of transitioning, less carbon dioxide emissions, and still you got baseload power at your fingertips. But no, no, you watch. They might have resolved to transition from fossil fuels. But you see, the only way they transition is to blow up coal-fired power stations, demonise gas, and build more very, very expensive wind turbines. That's not transitioning. That's hoping and praying. In the category of crazy Maybe you've caught up with some of the fear-mongering being used in various media outlets towards Donald Trump at the moment. Maybe this is because the poll trajectory is all down for Joe Biden right now. So they think, well, hang on a second. He doesn't stand a chance in 12 months' time. So we've got to start taking Donald Trump down further than what we have legally. And so they've all catastrophized what it will be like with Donald Trump running United States of America. Things like a dictatorship, the next Adolf Hitler, the Fuhrer. These are the words that they're using in various sections of the media. The contributors are using them. The left-leaning hosts are using them. Historians are using them. And they think that this is a way to take out Donald Trump. Well, I think it's working in the reverse. Once you start seeing someone with Trump derangement syndrome, well, you kind of know that they're nitwits They should calm the farm and just go with the flow because at the end of the day, if America votes in Donald Trump, that's what the mob wants and that's what they should have. I'll play for you some of the crap that has been uh, voiced and articulated in various mainstream media outlets in the past month. From Down Under today, we will hear from documentary maker and award-winning libertarian Topher Field. We'll discuss the New South Wales Anti protest laws, which have been proven largely illegal by two nanas. You heard right. Two individuals who call themselves nanas have gone to court to take on these protest laws and have, in part one, we'll explain that to you. We'll talk about the cricket star who threatened, uh, well, has been threatened with suspension if he wears a particular pair of shoes with a message about treating people fairly. I'm talking, of course, about Australian star Usman Khawaja. He's batting for Australia against Pakistan at the moment, not wearing those shoes. He lost that battle, but I think the highlight of what he tried to do has been worth the effort. We've got to talk about Klaus Schwab as well, telling people that libertarians... the dangers to the world. No, Klaus, you are the danger to the world. Uh, We want to hear from you on the program. We uh, love taking your calls. You'll get straight through. We won't waste your time. Um, You don't go visual, right? Just in case those who usually use our talkback lines think, well, hang on a minute, I don't want to be seen on the radio. It's only all of us, all the hosts and the contributors that are seen. You won't be seen as a talkback caller. You'll be up on your telephone, and we'll have a chat with you. And uh, you can voice your opinions to those listening from all parts of the world. And you can do that from the United States or Canada on one 888 from the United Kingdom, zero double three. Zero zero two four one zero two six, and from Australia or New Zealand, one eight hundred six seven zero three one zero. They are our talkback numbers. I'd love to hear what you've got to say. You're with Chris Smith, broadcasting on the Global News Talk Network, TNT Radio. Dot Live. There's a lot going on. So it's important to stay informed and up to date.
0: Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Well, I am a ferocious opponent of the woke PC gender identity policies being applied to too many American schools. The idea that teachers should be encouraging children to explore their need to change gender and that transgender girls, biological boys, deserve access to female facilities is scientifically dumb, it's dangerous, and I think it's grotesque. Well, let me take you to the Emerald City in Washington State. It's Seattle, of course, where it appears to me that at least one history teacher, and maybe his superiors, at the local high school, all need to be fired immediately. The teacher gave a student a failing quiz grade after he answered that only women can get pregnant. He thought that only women could get pregnant and only men can have penises. He thought that only men have penises? How dare he say things so obvious, so factual? Not in the education of system of 2023, he, do, he can't. This was in the 10th grade ethnic studies class, ethnic studies overseen by a world history teacher at Chief Silth International High School. A world history teacher, mind you, obviously trying to enhance or enforce his own new age woke theories on sex to teenagers. I don't understand why those who shouldn't stick their nose in this stuff always try and do so. According to Fox Digital, the quiz focused on understanding gender versus sex and asked students to answer a series of true or false questions. The difference between gender and sex? Question four of the exam asked students to identify whether the statement, all men have penises, is true or false. The student marked the statement true, which was labelled as incorrect by the teacher. Question seven, similarly asked students to identify whether the statement only women can get pregnant was true or false. The teacher again marked the student's answer incorrect when he said it was true. Several other questions asked students to answer questions like when someone uses them, they pronouns, what does that mean about their gender identity and true or false? Transgender people are gay. This is a history lesson. In an ethics class, the student's mother spoke with a Seattle AM radio host on the condition of anonymity, expressing concern that the school is allowing teachers to bring political beliefs into the classroom. She said, I keep trying to wrap my head around how it's legal to teach inaccurate information and force students to answer against their beliefs and receive negative scores. If this indoctrination is not part of the state's latest regulations or the principal's new woke rules, we've heard that before, it's often just simply teachers who decide by themselves to instill the transgender activist agenda onto their pupils and notoriously, you know what they do? They never send a permission note home for parents to sign. Parents know nothing about it. But no matter how off the page these rogue teachers are in US classrooms, the system and the union always protect the sorry backsides of those teachers. They never get sacked. Bad teachers rarely get sacked. And their woke indoctrination is never used to remove them from the profession because you can imagine the liberal members of the community and staff, they'd go bananas This was a point made only last week by Kevin O'Leary. He's a great commentator, Kevin. He's chairman of O'Leary Ventures. He told Fox News that while he spent half his career in the education sector, trying to advance reading and math scores, he never saw bad teachers demoted or fired.
0: Why does a union not reward good teachers that advance in terms of metrics that they have to advance in to get into college, which is reading and math scores, and punish the ones that are no good at it. Instead, we form a union for teachers that protects the bad teachers from ever getting fired. It's a cancer in our educational system. That's what I believe. So when I see these narratives and I see people worrying about this stuff and spending money litigating it sometimes, I say to myself, no, that's not what we should be doing. We should be saying to the unions, sitting down with them, saying, look, we understand the union structure, but we want to change the metrics. If you can't teach a child... We have to be able to fire you and get you out of the system because you're no good at your job. And if you do do a great job, we have to be able to reward you like every other aspect of America. Reward success, diminish failure. Not in the educational system. It is 100% broken and it's appalling.
1: He is spot on. And there's the crux of your problem. If parents don't highlight what twisted theories are being propagated inside the classroom, who will? And even when they are scrutinised because a parent tells a media organisation like the local Fox News in Seattle, well, what happens to the teacher? Nothing. And we know how militant US education unions are. Any system involving measuring performance is out of bounds. Good luck with that. And even on this specific issue, the school in Seattle went to great lengths to protect the world history teacher. The mother who blew the whistle said teachers have called her some f F you know what, D, and racist and a product of the patriarchy that teaches young boys not to care about anything. They're mean descriptions. The school then denied any name calling. A district response to the story, refused to even acknowledge the presence of the quiz and whether it was appropriate or not. The district told Fox that the quiz results did not impact the final class grade of students. Oh, thanks very much for that. They stated the Seattle Public Schools course description of the ethnic studies world history class underscores that students will be investigating the global economy, society and culture. They didn't even address the central complaint. Claims that the student was called names have not been reported to the school. They said SPS remains committed to fostering inclusive environments that encourage the exploration of contemporary issues. What a load of hogwash. The teacher will remain teaching, that is for sure. And maybe when this controversy dies down and Fox ends up not running any more stories, he'll be back in his ethnic classes, teaching history using twisted quizzes about gender versus sex to indoctrinate another group of teenagers all over again. That's the way it works. This is TNT Radio.
0: You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about.
2: I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, Certainly I find if I get into to a motor vehicle with a teenager. It's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company.
0: Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. When you can point me to an industry to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live.
3: Are you sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, yes. And
0: I'll begin. Even when you're just sitting around, we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT.
1: All right, plenty to come up in the program. The United Nations COP28 Climate Summit in Dubai concluded on Tuesday. Many monarchs, billionaires, bankers, CEOs and celebrities flocked to the event. There was something like 80,000 people there. Um, It could have been done over Zoom but maybe they don't trust the technology. I don't know. The Dubai COP had more than double that number. They're saying 97,000. I say 80,000. There were 38,000 at COP26. You decide how many's there. I don't know. But they all arrived by private jet, as you would expect with all that CO2. Uh, My next guest will discuss the final resolution that they came up with to transmission away from fossil fuels. Dr Patrick Moore has been a leader in the international environmental field for over 30 years. He's a founding member of Greenpeace and served for nine years as president of Greenpeace Canada and seven years as director of Greenpeace International. He left the organisation as it began to adopt anti scientific and anti human policies. He's currently director of the CO2 Coalition. His recent best selling book, Fake Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom, is available from Amazon. You must get a copy. He joins us live from the beautiful Vancouver Island in British Columbia. Dr. Patrick Moore, welcome back to TNT Radio. It's good to see you again, Chris. Yes, we're seeing each other now on this particular platform, which yeah. is great. Now, what has this resolution achieved really? Now, they wanted the Holy Grail, which was a phasing out of fossil fuels by a particular date, and the OECD oil-producing countries would not come to the party. So they've got transition out of fossil fuels with no date. What does that even mean?
4: It means they got some sense over there. The, the, The whole idea of they started with net zero, like as if we were actually going to eliminate all fossil fuels. And net zero meant net zero CO2 going into the atmosphere, Hmm. uh, which is in fact, helping our agriculture and forestry and every other living thing on earth to be more productive and grow faster, because we've got down to such a low level of CO2 during the most recent glaciation, which peaked 20,000 years ago, CO2 went down to 180 parts per million. That's 0.018%. Plants need at least 150 just to survive. So we came along, actually, just in time to fend off the death of most life on Earth. Mm. At some fairly long period in the future, maybe it would take a million or two years for it to get down to 150. But what this sultan uh al i think it looks like jabber but i wouldn't want to insult him algebra Jabber, yes algebra said there's no scientific evidence or proof that co2 is causing climate change and he is right about that Mm. it's absolutely a fact but that's why i called my book fake invisible catastrophes because co2 is one of the invisible things that they make up stories about to scare people and when something's invisible, the people can't see for themselves what it's doing. Mm. You, can see the, you can see the waves on the ocean, and you can see whether they're sh- small or big, but you cannot see what carbon dioxide is doing in the atmosphere. And the main thing it's doing in the atmosphere is keeping life alive yeah. on this planet. Yeah. And it has been doing so since the beginning of life when it was much higher. Than it is now.
1: It is vital food for plant life. Now, I want to talk about the word transitioning because, as I understand it, I don't see any evidence that there is a transition plan in place in the UK, in the United States, in New Zealand, in South Africa, or in Australia. It's almost as if all we've got to do is blow up the coal fired power stations, demonize the gas discoveries that we make while at the same time just building these incredibly expensive wind turbines and that is your transition transition would i would have thought is a plan by which you can absolutely prove that renewables can you know supply baseload power and you may use gas to do that if you want less co2 in the atmosphere and follow your theory But there's no transition plan. So it's all well and good for them to say transition, but they don't know what that means, Patrick.
4: Well, what they should know is that the International Energy Agency, which I think knows something about energy, has projected that fossil fuel use will increase into 2050 at least and beyond. So there's no indication whatsoever that fossil fuel use is going to go down. On the other hand, the money we're putting into these stupid intermittent technologies, wind and solar, which are only available about one-third of the time, and the idea that you can build enough batteries to make two-thirds of all the world's power, maybe for a month at a time, if there's no wind and the sun is not shining through the clouds, it's bizarre that anybody with with any education in, in anything real other than just pure fantasy like rainbows and unicorns and all that stuff uh that's what this is about this whole idea and it took over the whole of the western world and 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 the politicians in virtually the whole of the western world voted to do this When when they had absolutely no economics or strategy or as you say plan for a transmission transition. It was a pipe dream from the beginning. And we've wasted trillions of dollars already on this, when there's still all these people living in conditions that we would not appreciate in Africa and Asia and South America, where we should be encouraging development in those countries. And and maybe instead of having to give people money for war, give it to them for building up their economies. I mean, I'm not an expert on that sort of thing. But uh, it would seem to me it would be better to take a more humane approach to this uh, and also to recognize that CO2 is positive, yep. absolutely 100% positive. There is nothing negative about it. it it's difficult to explain, again, because it's invisible. I, I can't, on my side, say, look what it's doing. Nothing, hardly nothing, except feeding all every plant on the earth. There's been a 20 to 30% increase in growth of green plants on this planet since 1950, when we really started in earnest to use more... That's a great achievement. That's a great achievement. We are the salvation of life on Earth. Inadvertently, we didn't mean to do it, and neither did the shellfish and the coral reefs that sucked all the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and put it on the bottom of the ocean as limestone. Uh, uh, This is one of the more interesting things. They say that sea level rise is going to inundate all the, all the islands in the tropics yeah those sea islands those islands have gone up and down by 400 feet 40 times during the pleistocene ice age because when when this when the sea goes down and it went down over 400 feet uh 120 meters during the most recent one and it went down a similar amount during the previous 40 or so every time the water goes down the coral dies all the way down to where the water gets to where it's still alive when the water comes back all of that coral died so it remains as limestone deposits and new coral grows up to make the islands even bigger mm. and the the, the 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 statistics show that most of the south pacific islands are growing not not sinking and otherwise why would they still be building big airports for tourists and you know, uh... <laughs>
1: There are still as many tourist companies getting in and off the Great Barrier Reef on a daily basis than there ever was because people know it's still a wonderful sight to see. I, I want to just grab a point that you mentioned earlier in your last response about what we do with developing and third world countries. And this is what Al Jaber, the president of COP28, said before COP even started. He said... Well, hold on a second. If you want a sustainable way of economic development in developing countries, you've got to be able to use fossil fuels to build their infrastructure. Otherwise, they don't go anywhere.
4: Yeah, well, that, that one thing I've said, Chris, is we, we should make it so that all the wind and solar technology has to be built with wind and solar energy and see how much you got left over. <laughs> right? there, It would be a negative number.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. That
4: we'd would be. You'd have to, to subsidise The energy for building the wind and solar against what they would end up producing in their lifetime.
1: Yeah, that is a great political argument to be waged by someone who wants to make fun of this evangelism and this obsession with net zero. I've just got to take a quick break for news, Patrick. I'll be back in thirty seconds. This is TNT Radio.
3: Question?
1: What are you guys doing today? The news. TNT Radio News. Sounds good. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. US House Republicans have vowed to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress after he refused to comply with their subpoena, ordering him to testify in a private hearing as part of the House's impeachment investigation into his father. Elon Musk is reportedly opening his own school focused on science, technology, engineering and mathematics and the US has formally requested military assistance from Australia in response to rising tensions in the Middle East. Are you enjoying
0: listening to TNT Radio?
1: Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why
0: not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter? Help us
1: get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, I've got Patrick Moore with me now. Patrick, um, one of the things that they did resolve in the early part of COP28 was to triple renewable production. Uh, There were 22 other countries who agreed on tripling nuclear, and we can understand the merit in that because we do uh, desire baseload power, and if you don't want CO2, nuclear and the new technology seems to fit the bill. But getting back to the renewable idea, hang on a second. We've spent billions and billions of dollars, maybe even trillions of dollars around the world subsidising renewable power, um, taking down and tearing down our coal-fired power stations, and yet they tell us at COP28 that CO2 emissions have only increased. The amount of CO2 in the atmosphere has only increased. So that tells me their plan to just pray before the altar of wind turbines and solar panels has not worked. So all they want to do is triple the idea that hasn't worked. That doesn't make sense.
4: Well, can you imagine how much fossil fuels are required to just mine the materials that those wind turbines, solar panels, and all the batteries are have to be made out of? And they they have to make five times the grid. Now, those grids are all those pylons. They're made of steel and all the wires that are running from them and all the facilities and stations and everything. It, it's just a nightmare to even think that it would work. It it, it, it it does not work no matter what we do. What we have to do is focus on nuclear if we want to reduce fossil fuels. Yes. I'm in favor of that. The reason is fossil fuels are a more limited resource than nuclear fuels are. There's enough nuclear fuel in this earth, especially if we go into the fast reactors like Russia is building now, they're the leader in this, which use the spent fuel from the first cycle of the uranium-235. And you get more fuel than you started with. That's why they're called breeder reactors. And, it, and and then there's thorium, which itself cannot burn as a fuel. They shouldn't call them thorium reactors because first you have to turn the thorium into uranium-233 in a nuclear reactor, mm-hmm. in the same way you have to turn uranium-238 into plutonium-239. See, because only 0.7% of natural uranium is the fissile part, uranium-235. But by doing it over and over and over, you can gradually turn all of the 99.3% uranium-238 into a fissile fuel. There's fertile and fissile. Fertile means it's not fissile, but you can turn it into a fissile fuel. Fissile means you can do a nuclear reaction with it. So not many people know that it's kind of like the loaves and fishes in the Bible, Mm. where Jesus fed a multitude with one fish and four loaves of bread. So you start out with this teeny bit in in comparison, this teeny bit of uranium-235, the only fissile isotope on Earth, yet you can turn both these other two elements, another isotope of plutonium and thorium, which is even more abundant than all the uranium you can turn it all into fuel. And the the whole scare about uranium, again, is exactly like CO2. Radiation is invisible. So they can make scare stories about it and make Mm. it cost three times as much to produce by having unnecessary regulations in place to protect people from something that isn't going to hurt them in the first place. It's not hard to protect people in nuclear reactors from radiation. Not one person out of more than 100 reactors in North America has ever died from radiation from a nuclear reactor. As a matter of fact, they're they're so much safer than oil and gas and coal. Like, I I think
1: it's so much safer than the 100 or so workers who have to get into their car every day, Patrick.
4: Yes, 1.6 million people die of road accidents every year uh, that includes pedestrians, but they're on the road and they get hit by a car. So 1.6 million, and we don't ban cars. No. Right? There's nobody being killed by nuclear energy. Yeah. And and a, a handful of people being killed by the fossil fuel industry and explosions and things like that. I mean, every industry has some casualties. Even in the nuclear industry, people are going to fall off a tower or something. Yeah. But it, it's very low, uh, except in... Uh, road traffic. That's the very, that's the very highest uh, percentage of people dying by doing something. Yeah.
1: I want to talk to you and get some analysis on methane. They seem to be up in arms about methane. Uh, and yet farmers in the Netherlands and also Ireland are standing up to their governments over any regulations to, you know, get rid of herds or, uh, you know, add more costs to pastures which may create a different reduced methane the controlled release or burning of methane from oil and gas production sites as well will almost be entirely barred by 2030 by the canadians why is the release or burning of methane seen to be a problem
4: it's invisible they make up a story same thing right it's the same thing and the the other category Is not invisible but very remote like the great barrier reef and the polar bears on the north pole people make up stories about them because hardly anybody can actually see the truth when in fact last year it was announced that in the 38 years that they've been measuring the area of the great barrier reefs coral cover it reached a peak last year yet not long before that they were telling everybody that it was dying quickly what about cattle and methane um the methane thing is just it, it's just so trivial methane is natural gas a lot of people don't know the two are the same they think methane is some kind of horrible environmental pollutant but that uh natural gas is is what their furnaces are running on yeah and and there is again a movement to phase out gas furnaces gas stoves gas everything Where, whereas pro, propane and methane most people don't know that propane is a byproduct of the oil refining industry, and that, that's where it comes from. And so many places that don't have pipelines to them for natural gas truck propane in and have and have the big tanks of it at their house. But the the, the both of those produce burning burning methane produces CO two And in such minuscule quantities Mm. compared to the amount of CO2 there is in the atmosphere or the amount of CO2 that's being burned by other fossil fuels, especially coal and oil. But it's a good thing we're finally building CO2 back to a natural level. We are restoring the natural level of CO2 to some extent. Yeah. You know, 150 million years ago, CO2 was at approximately 2000 to 2500 ppm. Life was flourishing all around the world it was the the great warm period that lasted 200 million years until this ice age set in 2.6 million years ago we are at the tail end of a 50 million year cooling period you can look this up on the internet it's all there for you to see the eocene thermal maximum peaked 50 million years ago after about 150 million years of warming out of the previous ice age which was sort of like this one. It lasted 100 million years. They're saying the Pleistocene is over. That's what the International Commission on Stratigraphy has to say. They're in charge of the layers of the earth and drilling into them and finding out what was happening back 100 million years ago and stuff. And they have decided that the Pleistocene epic, or epoch is done. And the interglacial period we're in now, which is the Holocene, is being now renamed as an epic epoch. All the 41s previous were exactly the same as this one. And yet they're, they're making artificially making the Pleistocene Ice Age end on their books. And there's no record of it in any of their minutes. There's no explanation for it. We don't know what year it was passed in to change the Holocene interglacial period into an epoch. And that makes the Pleistocene not an epoch anymore because this is the new epoch. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it's actually getting colder now on average for the last six, 8,000 years. We are sliding gradually into the 85,000 year period that it takes to get to the next glacial maximum. They're 100,000 years apart. It takes 10 years to come out, 10,000 years to come out of one, and another 10,000 years you're in one, which is fairly flat. And then there's 85,000 years of descent into the next one. Those graphs are all easily available. It's the Vostok ice cores from Antarctica. They go back 800,000 years so they can see all these cycles. And in in marine sediments, they can see the cycles going back the whole 5 million years. Mm. Back even before the Pleistocene was was named an ice age. These things happen gradually, so it's kind of arbitrary where you put the line where it begins and ends. And it's highly arbitrary when you put a line between the Pleistocene Ice Age and this Holocene Interglacial when you know darn well this is not any different than the previous 40 interglacial periods.
1: You know, it's interesting, Patrick. The three topics that I feel that you are condemned discussing. Uh, especially in forums and formats such as this one is global boiling is transgender politics or activism and is also, um, the idea that, uh, the idea that we have, sorry, something's just, just left my mind, but the third, the, the third topic is similar. So what I'm trying to say to you is we talk about these are oh, COVID. That's what I was trying to say. When we yeah. talk about COVID and we questioned, the vaccines. That's also a topic that we are condemned for raising. So given all these three topics, I don't understand why the world reacts that way now. What they should be doing is opening their mind to another view of the narrative to try and find the truth. But all of a sudden, there's only one truth in these three areas.
4: Well, uh, I just say one thing about the transgender issue or the gender issue in general. Um, I mean, I guess I don't want to argue with people who want to cut parts of themselves off and whatever they do, um, just as long as they leave me alone. But with with men changing into women, as they say they are doing, and then competing in sports. That, I cannot believe that anybody would even consider that that was fair. Yeah. Women didn't get the vote and weren't allowed to own property until 100 years ago. And even in some countries now, they, have, they, they are discriminated against terribly. Yeah. And yet, here you have a situation where women's sports, especially during the Second World War when women's baseball came into big vogue, uh, this has been a wonderful thing for young girls and women is to have sports where they don't have to compete with big burly guys Mm. and and where they would lose every time. And so that's but that's I'm not going to get any further into that topic because Mm. that's a real beauty. But
1: we should be allowed to raise the other side of that issue and say, sorry, sex is binary. Go and ask your local biologist and he or she will tell you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah know. And Then on to COVID, we can't question vaccines that are made five minutes ago and only passed for experimental purposes. We can't even comment on that. You're seen as some kind of demon. And then on climate change, why is it off limits to discuss this as a pure ideology, not a scientific pursuit?
4: Because it it is being treated like an ideology by the people who are doing this. First off, they've made up the story. Right, like, and I, I, I won't go into deities too deeply either, because it offends everybody if you question their religion. Yeah. But yeah. the truth of the matter is, we, we, we can't see the gods, right? They are somewhere else, apparently, that never, never show their face except in your dreams, maybe. But you know, it's it, it, again, it's about invisible. Mm all of the, the whole of religion is pretty much about invisible
1: are we getting through patrick is the word uh, uh, do you think americans in particular are questioning their leaders dedicating so much money being so obsessive about renewables and saving the planet do you think do you think people out there are starting to cotton onto the
4: fact that this is a con thank goodness it, it looks like it might even be a majority of people but there's sure a lot of people who buy in to all the other garbage that is spread around. And and when you look you look now at these riots all over the Western world in favor of Hamas. Mm. It, what now how and, and they're fanatical about it. Mm. Like as if Hamas are heroes. Right? That that is to me unconscionable. I don't understand how they can come to that conclusion. And then there's the presidents in the U.S., uh, you know, top universities, Harvard and Yale and the other one, who uh, said things that are, again, unconscionable uh, about other races and other people and what should be done with them. And it's as if the people... and it's got to do with this idea that there's privileged people and, and underprivileged people and only the underprivileged people should be supported. The, the privileged people are the enemy and maybe they're privileged because they worked hard. Maybe they're privileged because they're smart. Maybe they're privileged because they grew up in a certain place where they got a better education. You know, this uh, uh, the, the the whole spectrum of human civilization right up from the poorest farmer in africa all the way up to the billionaires uh half of whom are i just don't get it bill gates wants to block the sun with chemicals (laughs) in the atmosphere atmosphere. (laughs) you know it seems Uh, like Elon, elon musk is one of the few sane uh, billionaires around. Yeah, oh, I, think right. I, I, I think you're right.
1: I think you're right. Patrick, Patrick, I've, I've got to leave it there, but j- just one final thing. Yeah. Um, I want to know whether we're getting through now, you've answered this question in part, but I just wonder whether we're getting through, are we seeing a change in government around the world, uh, which illustrates that people may be fed up with this obsession with renewables?
4: Yes, I do see it turning around. Uh, even though all the media is on the side of these nutty things because yeah. it makes it makes sensational news, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, we are at a real handicap with the news just being a propaganda organ for the left. Yeah. Uh, and the left tends to be not as scientific as the right, uh, either in economics or geology or Ecology or whatever Uh, They tend to be more social science oriented And as we all know Social science can get you into a lot of trouble Yes, it sure can
1: All right, Patrick, I'll let you go You've been very generous with your time We've gone through a a whole heap there And I don't think we've come out of COP28 any better Um, There's still 93,000 or 80,000 Depending on which story you read Obsessed with this evangelism And I just hope the world is starting to wake up Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate your time.
4: Appreciate your being there, Chris. Thanks for doing this. No problem.
1: We'll talk again, the Director of the CO2 Coalition, Dr. Patrick Moore. If you want to have a say on any of that, if you'd like to set the agenda, you can go right ahead from the United States or Canada on one 888 from the UK, 03300-241026, or from Australia and New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. Maybe you've learned something out of COP28. Uh, maybe it's something a little bit more clever than what we've spoken about. If you'd like to share that with us, go right ahead on those talkback lines. This is Chris Smith on TNT Radio.
0: Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. You know that the ladies of The View very rarely disappoint. If you're in the market for liberal fanaticism, check them out. Last week, Sarah Haynes, she was pontificating about how, well, if you believe that birth is a miracle and God's choice, there should be limitations on you, all in support of abortion.
3: People aren't doing this lightly. Like, this is not something where they're sitting around engaging in this. Only 1% of abortions occur after 20 weeks. 93% occur in the first trimester. And I tend to think when people say, well, it's God's will, it's a miracle, it's life. If it's God's will on the way in, it should be God's will on the way out too. That brings into question, are you taking heart heart attack medication? Are you treating your cancer? Are you dying when he said you should? Because if we're gonna argue about life in, let's be honest about life out.
0: So is she saying that pro-life People shouldn't seek medical help for themselves?
3: Mm-hmm. Don't go to the hospital if you're hurting because it was God's will. Like, I don't like the inconsistencies and the hypocrisy when people weaponize religion.
0: So if you believe that God determines who gets pregnant and that it's a miracle, you have no right to medical help. I told you they're out of their minds. And thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, right here on TNT Radio Vision.
3: It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, You have Parkinson's. The truth is Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers, answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. You're with Chris Smith
0: on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Let's go to Dan on our talkback
2: lines. Hi there, Dan. Hi, Chris. How you going? Good, thank you. Uh, um, I was listening to you uh, speaking there with Patrick, and mm. you're talking about ice ages. Mm. Um, and I think it's an important part of the discussion is this um, climate change, this cycle that go on. Mm. And it's interesting, in Australia, I was taught that there was a land bridge to Tasmania 10,000 years ago. We were in the ice age, and the oceans were much lower. Um, I think the continental shelf was exposed, Australia was bigger, the east coast was bigger, Chris. Mm. Um, and uh, what I've learnt, and it, it, I'm not sure how true this is, Chris, but that the earth is in a 24,000 year cycle. and at one end, it's cold, and another end, it's warm, right? And then it gets cold again, and then it gets warm again. Mm. And the, the ancients called it the Great Year, and Plato wrote about it. And there's documentaries on YouTube about it. It's pretty interesting. Um, but, so what if it's just naturally getting warmer, okay, um, as part of this cycle? And they're trying to blame carbon dioxide, which is, you know, all life depends on. Every green thing that you see, that's chlorophyll. <laughs> every plate of grass, every tree... That's yep. there to absorb carbon dioxide. It's just so crucial. It's just everything. And, and they're going after, they're attacking life and trying to hide the truth from the public about this cycle that we're in. You know, and, and in, in however many thousands of years the continental shelf will be exposed again, you'll be able to walk to Tasmania. And that's a big mm-hmm. part of our story. And up in the north and big continental shelf there, you know, it's something our continent goes through and it's a big cycle and they just don't want people to know. And instead, they trying to. Kill that's everyone.
1: because people look at their lifespan as an entity. Um, what we should be looking at is ten thousand year entities. We we tend to say, oh, this year was hotter than last year, so it must be getting warmer. As a matter of fact, if we get two hundred and fifty millimeters of rain out of the cyclone that's hovering around the coast of Queensland, they'll say this has got to be because it's climate change. It's getting warmer, and so therefore the natural disasters are getting worse. No, you don't take individual natural disasters as any indication of anything, and you don't take what happened in one single year as an indication of anything. Look in 10,000-year spurts or, or entities, at least.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's very wise, Chris. I think that you can't live your life like that, but... We should have some of that vision for Australia, for our country, for our nation. You know what I mean? You've got to have that big yeah. sweep, and you've got to, if you're talking climate, you know, these are big sleeps of time. So you should be thinking like that. You've got to put yeah. it in perspective and find- and You've where got to we? put
1: it in perspective. That's exactly right. Hey, great to get your call, Dan. Thank you very much Thank for you. that. I do want to get on to Trump derangement syndrome. Have you been listening to commentators recently, historians, contributors, left-leaning mainstream media? They seem to be obsessed again with Donald Trump. Maybe it's because the trajectory of Joe Biden's polling at the moment is down, but they're coming up with all sorts of things. He'll be a dictator. He's going to change the constitution. Everything that I've never heard Donald Trump say. I want to play you something now, which some smart Um, News Hunter has put together some clever little snippets from various interviews that have gone on just in the last couple of months. You tell me whether there's a trend going on. And it gets funnier, by the way, the longer you listen to it. What would a second Donald Trump term look like?
2: Well, he cannot be the next president, Um, because if he is.
0: You can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America. And shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the first lady.
4: We're going to see violence the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th.
3: Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer, and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute
0: him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. Rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail, or their rights might be suppressed especially
4: minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate
0: generals. Ordering troops. Uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well armed and extremist base will try to kill people. Going to, he's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. It makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. Wants to take away your vote. Senate and the House are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well maybe I shouldn't say this. This is the end democracy. Yet. I think that could be the end of our democracy. But democracy is dead if Trump is reelected.
3: elected you up to Putin, that democracy will be at risk.
0: The absolute
3: destruction of the Justice Department as we know it. The Justice Department could be entirely transformed. I am really concerned about that.
0: Every person who was associated with the attempted coup elevated in the administration. He's reelected. He will curb transgender rights. End of the rule of law. Arrest political opponents. To persecute, not prosecute, but persecute his enemies.
2: Take a wrecking ball to the rule of law. He's going to make the law everyone else will have to follow. A vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last
3: election that you ever get to vote in.
0: To go after the independent and free parts of American civic life.
3: He would tear down our institutions. Purge the government of employees.
0: Department by department effort to weaponize the powers of the government. To
3: use the military to quash protests. Reading the government of all democratic safeguards. Junking American democracy as we have always known it. That he would try to stay in office beyond a second term. That he would never leave office. There's no question. Trump
0: is reelected, he won't leave. Donald Trump will never leave office voluntarily. And what that means is that everybody who wants us to remain a republic has to put every other thing aside and work together urgently right now to stop
3: that from happening.
1: (laughs) There, That is Trump derangement syndrome right there, folks, right there. This is what happens. They've realised that Joe Biden's going down the gurgler. They don't have a replacement for Biden, so they are really, really wetting their pants. So they've decided, well, we'll leave it up to the judiciary, but will the judiciary get it there in time to stop him becoming president? They're worried about that too. So what they do is just tell people that Adolf Hitler has returned. <laughs> like, seriously, there, were no, there was no audio piece there repeated. They were all original audio pieces in the same snippet. There was three minutes of it. That's what's been going on for two months on mainstream media. That's the other way and the newest way they've decided to take him down, to call him a dictator and to come up with the most ludicrous things. And I think the best is you're going to be thrown into an internment camp or (laughs) even worse, this will be the last election you'll ever be able to vote in. Give me a break. Um, I've got a stack of comments on our chat box. I'll get to those straight after the news. Um, We've got a lot to get to. Sally Grover coming up, women's rights activist. And uh, we'll also talk to Topher Field as well from Melbourne all coming up. Don't go away. News is next on TNT Radio.